0: Welcome to Talkie Talk, the podcast for the media by us. My name is Brett. I'm here today with Chris. Hello. And TJ. Hello. And we are going to be talking about what we've been watching and follow that up with uh, some news and follow that up with uh, a recommendation as to what you should go see at the Cineplex this weekend.
1: Hey, I have a question.
0: Yeah. Did you know, so I've been watching a lot of video game
1: stuff. E3 was this week or past week. So if you want to you know, skip all the bullshit that we normally do and go to that. It'll probably be a time fail. <laughs> but more importantly, did you know that Elon Musk got his start in video games? I did not. I did not. In what uh, In what way? He worked for a company called Ridge Racer. Rocket Science Games. And was involved huh. in the development and shipping of two games. Uh, so I thought it'd be fun at the top to see if you guys can... Of three game titles, tell me which one Elon Musk (laughs) did not work on. Okay. I'll give you a short little uh, blurb about the game, too, uh, to maybe help you. Um, I'll also tell you what system it came out on, because it'll help you kind of place when he worked in games. Are you ready for a tiny game about Elon Musk? Yes. The first game. It's called Lodestar, The Legend of Tully Bodine. (laughs) Lodestar, The Legend of Tully Bodine is a game about a man, Tully Bodine, who accepted to convoy a cargo of contraband camels for big cash, only to have to fight his way through the police. That is Lodestar, The Legend of Tully Bodine. Okay. That was on Sega CD and PC. The second game only on PC, is called Phantasmagoria, A Puzzle of Flesh. I will tell you, it is a sequel. <laughs> Players take control of Curtis Craig, a middle-aged cubicle worker at a high-tech computer company known as Wintech. Uh, yada, yada, yada. Players find out Curtis's mental issues stem largely from an abusive childhood inflicted upon him by his mother. And... Uh, more characters are introduced later, there is Blob, Curtis's pet rat, Trevor, a colleague and best friend of Curtis, and, and colleague and current girlfriend, Jocelyn. And the third game is called Cadillacs and Dinosaurs, the Second Cataclysm. This was on Sega CD and PC. This is the sequel to the arcade-scrolling beat-em-up based on the comic series, with interesting juxtapositions of styles. That's literally the
0: only description on here. So. Okay, so it, it, he worked on two of these? Two of these. Okay, I'm going... Involved as a developer and publisher. I'm going to guess he worked on Lodestar and... Lodestar what? Lodestar, the whatever. came after <laughs> The Legend of Tully Bodine. Tully Bodine, <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to guess he worked on the... Uh, second one. Phantasmagoria, A Puzzle of Flesh. Sure. He definitely worked on Phantasmagoria. I'm
2: going to say he worked on Phantasmagoria and the other one. The third one? Cadillacs and Dinosaurs? Dinosaurs. The second Cataclysm? Yes.
1: Well, I will tell you, he did work on Cadillacs and Dinosaurs. The second Cataclysm? (laughs) And he worked on Lodestar. Yay! Hey, we're DVDs. both wrong. Split the uprights there.
0: <laughs> Thanks for playing. We can talk about what we watch now. <laughs> um, we have to play those games. So that's the completion of the game. I've decided I'm going to call From Musk Till Dawn. <laughs> <laughs> Which we do, for time we do Elon Musk trivia before the dawn of the podcast on a regular basis. I like it. I hope people look at that and go, they either made a typo or lost their minds. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, let's go to TJ to start things off. What you been watching, TJ? I watched
2: season 5 of Black Mirror. There are only 3 episodes, so it's not as impressive as it sounds. But uh I'm impressed. <laughs> good. Thanks. <laughs> Way more uh, American than the previous four seasons. Okay. Which makes sense. Yeah. I guess. It's not BBC anymore. But um the episodes were good. The first episode is called Striking Vipers. It's uh Anthony Mackie and Yaha Abdul Mateen the second. He's the uh, cop in the Baywatch movie, and he was Black Manta in Aquaman. Yeah, yeah. So he's like up and coming guy. But they're good. They play this uh, virtual reality. Looks like uh, the best game for me to compare it to is um, Virtual Fighter. Okay. Back in the day, um, but it's a uh, it's Black Mirror. So it's in the future. The tech's really good. So they're. Uh, it's totally like virtual reality. And yeah. And one of them always picks this guy like Ken, and one of them picks all this guy like Chun-Li kind of type. Yeah. And uh, they end up fucking in-game, him and his best friend playing, mm-hmm. and uh, pretty much explores that. They go through, like, is he gay, is he not? One yeah. of them is married, and like his uh, marriage is kind of on the out-and-out. Out. It's kind of stale. Um, it was good.
1: Kind of like a reverse situation of... Uh Um, Parzival and H in the Ender's Game book where they're like best friends and then they find out like oh not Ender's Game but yeah not Ender's Game you're right Ready Player One yes there's like like avatars don't have to be who you are in real life really at all right although in the book it was always weird to me where I was like why is it why does he care so much that she's like a black lesbian that H is instead of like a dude who's his best friend does that disqualify anyway yeah, the show you actually watched yeah, it was good. And they know who each other
2: is when they're fucking in the video game. Okay. So it kind of explores sexuality, too, in that way. It's kind of your classic Black Mirror episode. How much have you watched, Brent? Black Mirror.
0: I think two episodes. Okay. They were good. It's just, uh, I don't know. I don't know. They're always I mean. downers. That's probably part of it. So you got to be in the mood for it, kind of. <laughs> yep. Then um, me and Cass watched them just like, th- we had
2: three nights this week, and that's what we did each night was watch an episode. Nice. Um, it was my least favorite episode of the three Okay. Um, but it was it was good. Better than several Black Mirror episodes I've seen. The second episode is called Smithereens. Uh, and it, Andrew Scott is the lead in that. He played Moriarty in Sherlock. Okay. That's him. Uh, he plays like an Uber driver. It's not Uber, of course. Whatever the hell it's called. Um, who uh, is trying to pick up people from this uh, company that runs Facebook, essentially. I forget what it's mm-hmm. called. It this show. Um, and he finally gets a, what he thinks is a high-up employee from there, and he takes him out to a field and holds him hostage until he can talk to Zuckerberg, right? played by Topher Grace. Oh. He does a really good job. Uh,
0: Topher Grace seems perfect for that kind of part.
2: Yeah. 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 So this one is a real slow twist reveal, so I don't want to talk about it too much. Cool. Okay. But it was my <clears throat> second favorite. My favorite by far was the third episode, which is... The one that they kind of put everything into. It's called Rachel Jack and Ashley too. Is that the one with Miley Cyrus in it? It is the one with Miley Cyrus. And she is fucking fantastic. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. She plays a... Like Hannah Montana. Okay. Who wants to be Miley. Okay. Does that that make sense? Yeah, yeah. And she's kind of being like handcuffed by her aunt. Who's like her manager as well.
1: We'll call her aunt Smilly Mae <laughs> Cyrus.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh... It's really good. The uh, Rachel and Jack are two sisters. One is very into the music of her mother, which is like Sonic Youth and the Pixies, and the other one is obsessed with Ashley, who's just like a worldwide pop star with pink hair who sings happy songs. And uh, the other side of the story is the Ashley story, which is uh, she pretty much tells her aunt to go fuck herself, and she wants to you know write these good songs that mean things to her and they're like dark and scary and whatever. And her aunt essentially puts her in a coma. Huh. And they have uh, tech available for her to continue writing songs and performing them. They access it from her brain. Um, but before that, they had made little AI dolls based on Ashley's personality. And the girl's doll becomes true, actually. Oh, okay. and helps them break out. So they're really really funny moments, like when they're trying to fix the doll, mm-hmm. which is what the doll breaks. And uh, it wakes up when it's got like its USB cord plugged into its back and so you get to hear Miley Cyrus go, pull that cord out of my fucking asshole. <laughs> <laughs> which is really funny. Um, but it was really good. It was Cast's favorite too. Cool. I like, think that's probably why it's the like cover of yeah. season five of Black Mirror. They knew what they had.
1: Do you do you know about vocaloids? Are you like aware of the phenomenon called vocaloids? I'm not. So in mostly Japan, there are performers who are just animated on a screen, but they still have concerts full of like live human beings who go to see them. And they just have like an animated character kind of singing the songs and they have a team of writers who write songs and then make them like dance and do choreography. But they have live shows with
2: this like basically video playing. So that was definitely part of this that's what Uh, and without knowing that existed i thought it was more of a dealing with like the prince hologram situation yeah tupac and definitely
1: i think that's like the step beyond it but you probably know the name hatsune miku that's like the most famous vocaloid out of japan and it's this like 16 year old looking like wholesome pop star with like long blue hair but like that's you would you would kind of, you would recognize it as a thing you've seen on the internet. If you in a, a in a really
2: weird scene, they have her blown up to like a 40 foot giant, like 40 foot tall Molly at a show, like, singing her bullshit songs. Nice. I don't know. It's a little eye at the end, because, I, I don't know if that my desire singing like punk music is just going to be eye Yeah. But it's, uh, it was the best of the season, and the season as a whole wasn't my favorite, but all three episodes. Right. They're getting bigger and bigger names in them, so that's fun. But I did watch one more episode that I've never seen uh, of Black Mirror. Yeah. And it is, what I can tell, critically acclaimed is the best episode of Black Mirror that's ever existed, but San Junipero? Yeah. Uh, it is fucking great. It is so awesome. <laughs> yeah. I would I would skip, Brett, right, and go watch it. It's uh, Especially with you and the music. The soundtrack is fucking phenomenal.
0: Awesome.
1: I would, I would get into Black Mirror by watching that. Yeah, the yeah. first episode of it is the prime minister fucking the pigs head. Uh, that should not be the first episode of Black Mirror. It it's should be San Junipero.
2: L- my least
0: favorite episode of Black
2: Mirror. is yeah. the first one, which is unfortunate.
0: Yeah, I watched the, I watched that one. I thought it was interesting that the the one about the politician, and then I really liked the one about it was sort of like a love story, but in the future. Um, than, I think episode two
2: is the one with a Oscar nominated. What's his face?
0: From Get out. Yes, yes, yeah. that's who it is. It's trying ten to Blue, yeah. 10, yes, ten yeah. million points. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Ten million and million I really like it. Was, it was really good.
2: good. That's still one of my
1: favorites, 10 yeah. million points. And I've seen, I haven't seen all of them, but I've, I probably only haven't seen like five, and then now the new season. So I've seen probably half of the episodes. I was say, there can't be more than like make 15
0: episodes total.
1: There's more than that. It's, oh, really? It's, yeah. It's about five a season until, five or six a season until this new season, which was. Gotcha. Great. The 22 episodes. And I think this <laughs> is only a half, I think another
2: half of this season is coming out later. later, yeah. Um, but Sergio Apario's got a oh my god I can't remember her fucking name now from Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Autonomous?
1: No. Nope. Uh, Mercedes. Nope.
2: Uh, Riley Keough. No, your name Mackenzie Davis. Okay. She wasn't Blade Runner, right? Yeah, yeah, she's the prostitute. Yes, she's okay. yeah the real life prostitute, and she was great in Tully movie that me and David saw yeah. last year that was in our top five. Nice. Um, but she's. Co-lead in San Junipero, but essentially it's only it's small anything to tell you. It's pretty much there's a they developed tech where you can go back in time, uh, or pretty much pick an era to go live in if you get sick or ill or old or whatever. And uh, so it starts taking place in '87, but they go through all these different time periods, uh, which is why the music is so fucking cool. Neat, um, and that's not the. The black mirror twist. And yeah. There's another black mirror twist in them. But. I I just had a very wipe the sweat off my forehead moment when I
1: realized that the name Riley Keough is not a porn star name. No, <laughs> is an actress.
0: Yeah, she's, I was worried that i over here like casually drawing porn names. Um, Riley Keough is Elvis Presley's granddaughter. Oh, uh huh. Uh-huh. She was in that uh that movie with Jeffrey Wright that we watched. She's the mom. Oh uh, yeah. Um, the movie that was bad. Get the dark out of here. What's it called? <laughs> Hold yeah. the dark. Hold the, the dark. dark. <laughs> get the... Hey, dark, get on out of here. Get the dark, get, get, <laughs> shoot, get out of here, dark. Give <laughs> that dark the twenty-two do. Eighty-six, the dark. <laughs> uh,
2: but that's what I watched. I ended up watching Black Mirror because I got tired of watching Star Trek, and I saw the Jesse Plemons Black Mirror episode, and I was like, I should watch that. <laughs> and then Cassandra sat down, and I was like, I shouldn't watch that.
0: <laughs> She's not gonna get it. I'll go next. That's all you watched, really. Yeah, I believe, I believe you. I believe you. I just. Okay. I think so. Now I feel like. This is a podcast where I prove DJ Line! <laughs> um. Uh, I watched three movies this week. No, four. I, 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 <laughs> I probably watched two of them. <laughs> um, I'm scared. <laughs> well, one is I caught up on a movie that you guys had seen just before our last watch list, and I watched it uh, after. I watched the uh, Pokemon Detective Pikachu. Oh, nice! Yes. I went to the theater, and I this is my review as someone who knows so little about Pokemon. Um, I thought that movie was. Very cute, and not in a not in a bad way. I, cute, yeah. cute can sometimes be like have a negative connotation. I thought it was very cute. This was a this was this would be a movie I would be happy to take like a kid to go see. Unfortunately, I don't have a kid, so it would just be weird if I did that. Yeah. Um, but uh,
2: yeah, yeah, really,
0: really weird. But illegal, I think. <laughs> I don't think it's illegal, but uh, I mean, depending. Well, sure, if I didn't have permission, <laughs> yes. Um, but. uh... <laughs> No, it's a, uh, it, I, I think I told TJ this, I said uh, I felt like it's a great introduction to Noir for children, yes. because it's, it kind of, it hits a lot of the beats of just like and a classic detective story. And it's light. It's light. It doesn't get too bogged down with its story, which is good, because the story doesn't make a ton of sense to me, but it doesn't have to. Right. Yeah. Um, I, as for the Pokemon, I still don't quite understand what pokemon are in this world except for they do have battles and then people have their own pokemon but that's pretty much the extent of my knowledge but that i think i think the reason i'm bringing this up is it didn't really detract from the movie a whole lot mm-hmm. so so if people are if people are worried about going to see detective pikachu because they don't have a you know a pokemon background i have as little a pokemon background as anyone i know and i still enjoyed it I thought the highlight of the movie was Psyduck, personally. Yes. Psyduck. The Psyduck bit is great. Constantly being stressed out and them trying to keep Psyduck from uh, freaking out and, I don't know, unleashing some sort of headache bomb. Yep. That's uh, That was really cool, and that was funny. I thought that was the humor that worked in the movie. How would you like the special effects? Uh, the special effects of the Pokemon were really cool. They they look good. Yeah, they were effects seamless. Garbage. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. The... <laughs> The uh, we both
2: really like the special effects of the like they, of the Mewtwo chamber. Yeah, when they're doing the recreation
1: of like the, the science lab, yeah. I thought that that like kind of frozen in time like memory relay was really well done.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a it's a good little movie. I don't think I liked it quite as much as y'all did, but uh, I liked it, and nice. I would I would recommend it. Um, caught up on a 2017 movie that just slipped through the cracks for me for a long time. Uh, I watched the Killing of a Sacred Deer. Uh, yeah, have y'all seen that? Yeah, I haven't yet. Um, boy, I don't know why I. I don't know why I'm ever surprised by Yorgos Lanthimos. <laughs> like, I should not be by this point, but that movie is just as out there as any of them. You did see it? No, not yet. Okay. Yeah, it's weird, right? It's crazy. I thought it was a really good like horror film. Yeah. for his style. It is the most horror he's done. Yes. Um
2: just uh but you don't know, you still don't know if the supernatural elements are
0: real or not. I thought they were, but I don't was there don't... reason to think they might not be? Was there something I missed maybe in the I mean there's I don't think there's any reason. There's no proof. that's my point, I guess
2: right they could very well be real real but yeah. there's nothing that goes out of its way to be like oh my god because i mean whenever you hear that in that world you're definitely gonna automatically think like well, this is probably
0: bullshit. this kid's crazy yeah you know what I mean um but he's so good at it the kid that kid who was also really good is uh i think mark R- mark Rylance's son in um uh dunkirk yeah i was ever like one of the
2: dunkirk movies oh yeah the one called
0: um dunkirk <laughs> Barry, Barry, I forget his last name. His first name's Barry, but he's uh, yeah, he's really creepy in this Some role. Of my favorite critics that I always disagree with, um, but the film fighting
2: guys were huge on him in that movie too. I know
0: it's really good. I don't. Um, I did not know what this movie was about. I, and in case any listeners don't know, it's. I'll, I'll try to keep this as brief as possible or as simple as possible because this is a movie where it's fun when you get more into it, but, uh, Colin Farrell plays a surgeon, uh, who has a, has a strange friendship with a teenage boy. Played by Barry Keegan. Keegan. Barry Keegan. And you, you don't get the feeling that it's, uh, I think they, they make a, they do a good job of making you, like, not think this is any kind of, like, weird sexual relationship or anything like that. So... So, but it's just a weird relationship though. He's got two kids of his own, a teenage girl and a like a maybe a 11-year-old boy, 10-year-old boy, and uh wife is played by Nicole Kidman. And uh it's just uh, weird things start happening and you kind of can't quite figure out why for a little while. It's like a a mystery for a bit, but it doesn't really it doesn't really rely on the mystery. It kind of solves the mystery quickly. And then it launches... It uh, kind of transfers itself over to horror after that. And, boy, that... I don't know what that movie is like. <laughs> See, a lot... Sometimes with uh, Lanthimos, his movies are, like, saying bigger things about, like... Like, uh, Dogtooth is, you know... About like I think isolationism and yeah. like how you raise children and whatnot and red lobster, red lobster, and, of course red lobster, <laughs> cheese biscuits, uh, all you can eat shrimp, <laughs> shrimp toberfest, red um,
2: lobster, <laughs> yum, yum, <laughs> man, the lobster. I would love to eat red lobster with Doris <laughs> I've never been
1: to
0: Red Lobster. I would eat red lobster with anybody. <laughs> uh, please become a patron so we can send Christopher red lobster. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I haven't eaten in years. <laughs> yeah, we should look at that account. <laughs> yeah, I set it up. I don't know what forgot we did that. <laughs> Hold on. Anyway, um, Red Lobster. <laughs> but yeah, but this movie like doesn't really. I I was struggling to find what this movie's like message was, and maybe it doesn't have one, and that's fine. Maybe it's I mean, just I feel like, like breaking under fear and stress.
2: I think is definitely a thing. I mean, is very
0: uh like pressurized moment during the spin. Yeah, and I think it definitely has trying to say something about like accountability and just like karma in the world. But even if I felt like it missed the mark a little bit on that end, I still think it's a it's a great thriller. Yeah, I agree. Um, So check that out. It's on Amazon. I also watched If Bill Street Could Talk. Oh, nice! I thought that movie was lovely. Yeah. Um, Are you the only person on the cast who's seen it now? I never saw. it. you, never, you still haven't seen it. Not I don't think sh- David has either. I'm not sure. It's on Hulu if anyone's uh, interested. It's uh, it's not a very long movie. It's a pretty short, quick movie. Um, I th- I, I, I'm gonna steal this from someone else, but I don't know who. Uh, I read that someone compared. Someone said that the way Moonlight found Moonlight felt like it, it, it found moments of like happiness and beauty in like a sad or maybe moments of sadness this this movie is sort of a, a the other side of the coin where it's uh it it has a sad story but it's about the happy moments it's story, about yeah. the happy moments and it's very <clears throat> i it, it, I really like seeing a love on screen that I can just buy yeah that I just believe and man I really believe it between these two it's those. so good and like that was I think that was and you could listen back. I'm
1: probably like lying now, but that was—I think I remember my favorite part was it was just such a
2: fucking good love story, mm-hmm. and at like the worst time in two people's lives, and it's just like so gripping.
0: Yeah. The, how, was,
2: how was Regina King for you? Good.
0: I didn't didn't like blow me away, but good,
2: very good. Did she not have that? So like I've heard her compared to Davis' role in Doubt. And I having, seen like doubt. Uh, oh. Yeah, you should watch Doubt. I should. Uh, um, <laughs> That's really good. That's really good. <laughs> so don't watch the
1: Doubt
0: TV show. I don't know what it's about, but I saw it randomly on IMDb, and I was like, "That's not what we're watching." <laughs> uh, I thought she did an excellent job. She certainly deserved her nomination. At least I forget who the competition was. How about that slap? Oh, yeah. how about that slap? <laughs> yeah, did um, you not enjoy the shit out of that? It was great. <laughs> good, but um, the best part of the movie for me was the score. I loved the music in this movie. I loved it, loved it, loved it. It was my vote for best score, which I think wound up going to Black Klansman, which which won the award. But this was just such a beautiful movie to just look at and listen to. It's Jenkins' look, like, guy that he goes with every time, right? Mm hmm. Uh, yeah,
2: he got nominated yeah. for yes. an Oscar. That's yeah. Oscar. Yeah, I just like the Regina King story on that because she had quit acting is always something that. Yeah, maybe. Happy. It was her first movie in like five years.
0: Mm mm-hmm. um, Highly recommend it. I think people heard a lot about the movie from us uh, around Oscar time. Um, and then I watched one more movie. This was a movie from the year 2000. Uh, it's a Hong Kong movie from 2000. Ooh. Called In the Mood for Love. Oh, that's Wong Kar Wai, isn't it?
1: Yes. Yeah. That is on a lot of like best, like. Cinematography, Best Filmmaking of All Time lists.
0: Yeah, I caught it on the uh, Criterion channel. Oh, cool. And um, it's another short movie. It's about an hour and 28 minutes or so. It's, uh, th- it's a story about these uh, two people move into this uh, apartment floor at the, on the same day. And uh, a woman and a man, they're both married and then, uh, probably about 20 minutes into the movie, they start... You, you can tell they lead very lonely lives despite being married. There's You spend a lot of time just watching them do things by themselves. Um, and it. they kind of slowly realize that their spouses are cheating on them with each other. Mm. And so <laughs> then they start hanging out and basically trying to deal with this by having the other person to kind of bounce it off of. And they kind of start falling in love themselves, but that's not really... I feel like that's not really the best part of the movie. The best part of the movie for me is the set design. The costumes are fantastic. It's set in the 1960s. The The woman, uh, the main uh, protagonist, she wears a different dress in every scene of the movie. Oh, cool. Every time there's a cut. And they're Sweet. all just gorgeous. Um... Is it is is Sue the main character? <clears throat> yes, Maggie Chung? Yes. Okay. Um. It's a, it's a. I don't know the the end of the movie just just gutted me emotionally in a way that I appreciate. <laughs> like yeah. it, was, it was a <laughs> it, it earned it <clears throat> it definitely earned it. Um. But it's uh I I strongly recommend this movie. It's one of the best movies I've seen from this. Millennium, nice. um, I think if, even if we had like a if 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 we had an award for best costumes from the year two thousand to right now, this might get my vote. Nice, it's just
2: awesome
0: set design too. I mean, they're not like they're not like elaborate costumes. They're just they're just really really like nice to look good in. like mod dresses yeah.
1: and like Jackie O style fashion. Yeah, yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. So. Again, this movie gets a ton of praise. Yeah, as much as I'm loving it, I, I probably still don't like it as much as a lot of people do. But it's definitely worth your time, and it's not that not that long hour uh, and a half. Other, people, lo- Criterion. Criterion. Criterion, sorry.
1: other people love Criterion. Other people it enough that I know the name of yeah like, who the director is like in a snap.
2: Right. they yeah. Definitely come across it on the side and sound polls. Yeah.
0: One more thing, I just want to mention. Yeah. Uh, David convinced me to start watching Barry and Ashley and I watched the first season of Barry and we loved it awesome we really loved it there's a a joke in episode 5 that we laughed at for a solid couple of minutes um and we just uh, I definitely recommend Barry if anyone hasn't started it yet it's it's light it's super fast watch because I think each ep- each season it's 6 episodes. Ten. the first season definitely not 10 then it might be 6 for the first one and then it's, a it's full order for the second okay. full HBO order okay Um, maybe it's eight for the first season, but anyway, it's, uh, it it is, boy, it is, it is all the things at once. It is, it is, um, hitman thriller and romantic comedy and just straight comedy at times. Yeah. All the things at once. Um, what do you think of Anthony Kennedy as Noho Hank? Noho Hank is, oh my God, I love Noho Hank. One of my favorite new characters from the past few years. The text messages he sends... It's not even him. It's just the way they use Hank. Well, it is so much him
1: because he was... And this is not a spoiler if you haven't seen Barry yet. But he was supposed to die early in the first season. And they loved Anthony Kennedy so much. When he auditioned, he didn't audition with an accent. He's like, I don't know what a Chechen accent sounds like, but my girlfriend's Russian. So I'll just learn from her. (laughs) And they're like, okay... And then he did, like, a really bad accent, and they were like, nailed it. Do that. And then he just kept making everyone laugh, and they were like, we cannot kill this character. He's so funny.
0: Yeah. He's so funny. Nice. Anyway, just want to recommend Barry out there, and also, I know I'm way behind because I haven't even watched season two yet, and that's the one everyone's talking about right now. I've heard it's even better. Yeah. So, looking forward to that. Well, I'm glad David convinced you to watch it. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, he's been talking about it lately. Yeah. Yeah, No one else has. Um... (laughs) Are you watching anything else? No. I watched Chris get really passive aggressive towards me <laughs> 30 seconds ago. I give it a 3 out of 4. <laughs> it's good. Not bad. Not bad. <laughs>
2: what <a dumb> state.
1: <laughs> um, all right, well, Chris, what you been watching? So, to begin my uninterrupted 30 minutes of talking, uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, I watched two things, or participated in two things. The first is a TV show. I'm going to talk about it uh, very briefly because I know you guys have zero fucking interest. Uh, but I watched Riverdale Seasons 2 and 3 since we talked about a watch list last. Hmm. So, this is all I really want to say about it and then I'll talk about the fun, goofy stuff um, that I've talked to TJ about a little bit. Riverdale Season 1 is actually really good. It is a CW show and they basically tried to take Twin Peaks and take Archie Comics and just smash them together. <laughs> And it's, like, effective, and it's good, and it's weird, and, Mm -hmm. I mean, like, the cast of characters from Archie Comics is perfect for, like, a really surreal drama about some prominent, like, kid of a big family, important family, like, suddenly dying from mysterious causes, and then it's like, oh, well, we've got these characters from this comic book. Like, irrelevant. But it's, like, kind of fun to see, like, the in-jokes there with that kind of shit. Season one's really good. Season two and three are trash. Oh, no. (laughs) It is, like... If if you go to watch a movie like Detective Pikachu because you're looking for like a fun, entertaining thing, like season one of Riverdale isn't that. It's like much more serious, like heavy drama. And season two goes way past it being popcorn. It is like picking popcorn off the ground of a movie theater like at the end of the night after someone <laughs> sweeped it into like a dustbin. Um it's just like really fucking weird. So like the first season is about the kid dying and dispe- uh, disappearing and dying. He's a twin brother to the Blossom family. The second season is about a serial killer. Uh, so they really kind of ramp it up. Uh, and then the third season is, is about uh, five, uh, five gangs that end up warring. But then also a game of Dungeons and Dragons called Griffins and Gargoyles which mimics real life, where there is a real-life gargoyle king who is a fantasy-like figure who is pulling the strings behind everything happening in Riverdale. So...
0: I feel like they stayed on the Twin Peaks path really yeah. well, with the first season being great, and then just everything gets batshit crazy to a in a, in a not-good way. This is like if jumping the shark, like, Fonzie never landed. And he just
1: kept going, and he just, like like, just was orbiting the moon by the end of Happy Days. Um, It's got, I think, probably my favorite cliffhanger, though, at the end of season three. They do a really great, like, hey, I'm so glad that all went well. For our senior year, let's be normal kids. And as soon as they, like, clink their milkshake glasses together, it's, like, them standing, like, basically naked in the woods with, like, a all of their clothes like bunched up in their hands and they're like we're never going to talk about this again and throwing it into the fire and then it flashes back to them and I was like okay I'm in for season four <laughs> this is exactly how they fucking do it to me
0: yeah um,
1: but it's you know if you like that kind of shit then you'll enjoy it But I've,
0: I've wanted to watch season one at least because I've, I've I heard all that the same review basically yeah. when it came out and it's uh, sounds really interesting
1: yeah watch watch season one and then dip your toe into season two and you'll get as much as you want okay. um, out of that show cool but the other thing that I did was I played a game. Uh, it surprisingly came out... What's the date today? Uh, I cool. think it came out yesterday. Um, so a few days before this was recorded. I downloaded it immediately, and I really love it. It combines two things that I love about video games. It is a rhythm game, and it is a Legend of Zelda game. It's called Cadence of Hyrule, and it is made by Nintendo and the people who made uh, Curse of the Dancer. Their studio is called Brace Yourself Games. They've only made those two, so it's not like you need to dig deep to find what they do. And it is a lot of fun. I thought it was going to be more like Crypt of the Necrodancer, which is every time you go down into the dungeon, it's randomly generated, and then you move to the beat, and if you don't move to the beat, you get penalized, and then the enemies move to the beat in a certain pattern, and you just kind of have to learn and read patterns of the enemies. This, there's actually like a map, like a Hyrule map and it's set, but then each of the dungeons in each of the little, like... I mean, think traditional Legend of Zelda where, you know, you can exit the screen north, south, east, or west, and then the whole screen transitions over. It's basically like every time you transition over, it's like rhythm-based battle chess, where, like, like a, either a new song will start playing or, like, the tempo will change or something to, like, make you stop, like, evaluate the situation, read the enemies on the screen, the obstacles, whatever, where the chests are... And then it's like you hit go mode, and you just like start moving around to the beat, and hmm. um, it's really cool. That um, sounds fun, yeah. It's really interesting. Yeah, yeah. it's. Uh, I, I brought it here because I wanted you guys to, to check it out because it's just the, those games are just super unique. Um, I've never played anything like it, and I'm just having a great time with it. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, Crypt of the Dancer. No, nope, that's nope. the studio. Uh, Cadence of Hyrule. Cadence of Hyrule. Yeah. In our time note sheet, it says Zelda game, <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's all I saw and played. All right, Chris, start
0: your <laughs> yeah. It's breezy, time. You got Twenty minutes, <laughs> and this week's breezy has three E's. <laughs> <laughs> breezy. You so, like
2: yeah. so
1: I thought that what I would do for this is to just kind of run down the press conferences, talk about the things that I thought were interesting. If you guys paid any attention to it, you guys can talk about anything that you saw that I, was, I missed.
2: I was
0: waiting on you to tell me what was interesting. Okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> I have not. This is as little as I've followed E3 as it happened in years. Okay.
1: And then if I mention something you want to hear more about, I think I can handle it. Cool. So, the weekend started on Saturday. So, this is like a fairly low attendance E3 comparatively. Like, People have been talking in podcasts, like I've ingested something close to like 30 hours of podcasts just about this E3, Um, maybe more than that, Um, but people were saying like, like in previous years it's packed shoulder to shoulder, like this, you could like pick out your own like three square feet and like lay down on the middle of the convention floor and you'd have plenty of room, Um, meeting rooms that were completely empty, whatever, Sony didn't even do a press conference this year, they were just like, fuck it, we're gonna have our own event like in late July. Um, so the press conference schedule was a little weird, including EA, who says they're never going to do E3, but they're always, like, right next door to E3, and they always have an event and a press conference, but they're like, we're not E3, but we're right there on the same weekend. We're EA. And, yeah. We're not in the game. <laughs> um, so EA Play ran, like, all day Saturday. I'm leaving out the Google Stadia shit, because I still don't think that there's, like, a solid chance that that stuff's going to work. Um, I don't know, I think that's news for a later day. Um, Google's streaming game service. Uh, So EA was first. Uh, Of that, there's really only two things that I'm that interested in. Uh, They uh, did extended gameplay of the new uh, Star Wars game, Jedi Fallen Order. Um, It's made by Respawn. The guys who made Titanfall, Titanfall 2, and Apex Legends. They're like, it's a shooter that's got a really great pedigree. Critically acclaimed, but didn't sell well. Mostly because EA would release it, or its release window would always butt up against, like, Call of Duty or Battlefield, which Mm -hmm. just sucks for it. Yeah. Um, But it's neat. It follows, it's right after the events of Episode 3, and basically follows the plot of um, after Order 66 and all the Jedi are killed, like, this guy somehow made it out as, like, a, a youngling. And then it catches up with him, like, five years later, and he's, like, a Padawan. Uh, played by Cameron Monaghan, who plays the Joker in the TV show Cam- uh, TV show Gotham. Oh yeah, yeah, and uh, plays uh, one of the brothers in Shameless, the US Shameless, the redhead. Um, seems, I mean, it's like fucking EA money, so they got lots of great uh, mocap, right? Um, the uh, Forrest Whitaker's character from uh, Rogue One is in it. Um. <laughs> Which is neat, I guess. So it's going to bridge the gap between Episode Three and Rogue One, I think, um, in a way that no one wanted. But it looks really neat. Uh, <laughs> right. It's got a new droid, got a new droid friend called a uh, BD One. That's I don't know, it's whatever yeah. it's whatever you want it to be, right? With a cute little droid friend, yeah. you can love it or hate it. Uh it comes out this year, November.
0: I'll probably for, check that for one everything. out. Everything,
1: yeah. I like Star Wars games. Sometimes they're disappointing. You like
0: Star Wars, uh, I like Star Wars, Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, they showed one of the battles with, like, one of the people who, like, is, like, going around killing the Jedi, and it seemed really cool, because, like, you're a Jedi, oh you're training, you're learning your Force powers, so you'd think, like, oh, fucking Stormtroopers are gonna get annihilated by me all the time. Specifically, and they have a weapon, which, like, if you try and Force pill, pull, they can jam it into the ground, and then stop, and, uh. like, if you try and Force push, they can do the same thing behind them, and then they'll counterattack, um... But the coolest thing I saw from the gameplay demo, and it's the first time I've seen it in a game, in a Star Wars game, is Kylo Ren's ability to freeze a laser bolt. Uh, They do that. So he freezes a laser bolt, and then he force pulls a stormtrooper and drags it into the frozen laser bolt
0: to kill him. It's the one who shot the laser bolt. Yeah. Uh, He freezes it, pulls him over, throws him in. I saw that little snippet of the gameplay. Nice. I thought that was was neat. It is cool. Yeah. Uh,
1: Looks like it's doing a lot in the gameplay with like the freezing time stuff but it's yeah. also like the first time first game since those movies have come out where like they've really been able to like do that yeah um, so it's a new, cool new one sounds interesting cool Yeah, Apex Legends has got an update coming out which is cool that's more you still playing
2: much of EA. that not really okay um, you still have much time to especially with the podcast you're like trying to like play review and move on yeah <clears throat> um, so yeah new character new season new
1: gun looks like it's getting what everyone wants it to get uh, which is just, like, more updates faster. Fortnite releases updates every week, and they're just like, we're not going to kill our developers. And everyone was like, that's great, but also release stuff faster. Yeah. And, you know, can it both ways. Both ways. Release on that is soon. I tried to rate the release date for everything, cause that's, like, what people give a shit about. Right. Battlefield 5 has got a new season. I don't think anyone really cares. Uh, it's going to be like the, the Pacific. Um, and then other stuff, yeah, they had a Sims 4 expansion. Um... Somebody said that it was really cool that the new Madden game from EA is going to have more uh, run-pass option plays. Uh, I don't really give a shit. And then FIFA is returning. It's like Street League, and it's called uh, Volta.
0: I just want to interject that I appreciate them trying to make football games more realistic, but at a certain point, I don't want to actually become an offensive coordinator. Right. I don't need to know everything. Yeah, that job's hard. Yeah. (laughs) Hi. Right. <laughs> it's not this, fun. This should be easy. <laughs> just give me three plays. I'll pick one. Me the three buttons. I know the three buttons. Just tell me where the buttons are gonna go. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Uh, and yeah, I was. I mean,
1: EA was weird this year because they didn't do a traditional like hour long press conference and then do stuff after like they used to. They just did a all day. We're gonna do stuff and, but we're gonna put out a schedule and every 30 minutes we're gonna change games. And so Apex and Jedi Fallen Order were the first two. And so once I saw those, I was like, all right, I'm done. And didn't really watch anything else Yeah. from EA. Um, next is kind of like the the big daddy of the conference, Microsoft. Um, big news coming out of there is their new console. They teased kind of some of the yeah, specs of it. What's it called? Xbox One SAD. Right, <laughs> no, no, no. This is this is the next. After uh, Xbox One SAD, it's <laughs> co- co- codenamed Project Scarlet. The fuck Microsoft I mean you're not like yeah <laughs> the last one was codenamed Project Scorpio and then it was Xbox fucking One building Cold War weapons in the 70s yeah um <laughs> it's a fucking video game. Uh, Project Scarlet they released a new controller the Elite Controller 2 so Series 2 which had like a huge tech demo and I was just like don't care don't care don't care uh, including, you can like uh, tighten the tension on the thumbsticks and you can shorten the pull on the triggers on the back and stuff that probably lo- lots of other people give a shit about but I just don't care. you all play video games. Did it really get better after the like PlayStation controllers came out with the PS2 controller? I mean the Xbox 360 controller is a phenomenal controller. It is probably I think on par with the PS2 controller okay. with the you know DualShock yeah.
2: analog sticks um yeah. Because, I mean, I get, like, I think, I, I was always, I thought the N64 controllers were, like, underrated. I thought they were, like, a huge, they were a huge step forward, uh-huh. right? Because, I mean, that's what everything's kind of based off of after that, but, I don't know. I feel like there's a reason PlayStation never really changed. You I, know what I
0: mean? I never knew until years and years later that I held in my N64 controller in a weird way. Did you hold it, like, on outside, both hands? Both hands on the outside. Yeah. And my thumb... Came across to do the. If stick. I had to use the C
2: buttons, I would used my index, my left index finger, like up tapping them. Yeah, but yeah. I held the middle stick. Yeah. See that so you just like reached all the way across for the joystick. Yeah, yeah.
1: that is weird. Yep. Yeah. But that's also the thing of the N sixty four controller, that's weird is that there's no way to hold that controller where you can hit all the buttons. Right. There's right. just not. Right. Um. So yeah. So like when PlayStation and Microsoft had their first crack at like fully 3D controllers. Like, the first one from Xbox, that big, fat piece of shit yeah. with the black and white button, yeah. that thing was awful. Just like the PS1 controller, that thing is fucking awful. Yeah. Um, it's angular and, like, jabs into your <laughs> palms in a way that doesn't make sense. So, like, their first revision is, like, great. Right. Um, likewise, people see the GameCube controller is the best Nintendo controller.
2: Yeah. Like, it's, it's you cool. know,
1: your second crack at a 3D controller, you've got a lot of data. And... Really good. So they got a new one. Xbox does and whatever. Yay. Um, but yeah. So this it's not this this stuff isn't probably till holiday 2020. Um, the controller's out soon, but the the project start. They claim is gonna be four times more powerful than the, powerful than the Xbox One X. Um,
0: 120 frames per second, and I feel like you start to see diminishing returns at a certain point because it's like the Human eye can only perceive so much refresh. The current systems are like, I'm like I can't really imagine it being that much better. I can imagine it being a little better, yeah, but not that much better. Like you can really tell the
1: difference between thirty frames per second and sixty frames per second. Like I, I bet you could point to two and pick out the difference. Mm-hmm. Um, but between sixty and one hundred and twenty, I don't know. I mean, I think that most like pro gamers will try and like tap their system at it, like one forty four, and everything over one forty four is unrecognizable. For, like, gameplay improvement.
2: Yeah. I mean, I always have that. It's hard, right? Because, like, I was saying that when we were playing the PS1, and there was, like, background to my side-scroller. Yeah. That was 3D. And I was like, I can't fathom what would be better than this. Right. In 1997. But... Yeah. So, I'm there again. Yeah. Where I just... I'm like, I don't know how y'all improve this. Yeah. I'm sure they'll fucking figure it out. I
1: mean, like, likewise, they also are... It's going to be native 8K. So, like...
2: I
0: mean I don't even have to say I I mean
2: I don't even know what the fuck you're talking about. Yeah.
0: Um, the, I, you know, they could be directly honest with me, which they, they could just say, Hey, this is just gonna be what we make games for now. So if you want to keep playing games, you gotta buy it. Yep. And I'll just be like, That's fine, I'll do it.
2: Yep. Well and they're not that fucking they're not they're not twenty thousand dollars anymore. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. They're so, very affordable. I'll
0: drop a few hundred bucks every six years <laughs> to get a new system. And the cool thing about it is that they said that it's going to be fully
1: backwards compatible. I mean, when they say that, but they release like release lists of games that they have backwards compatibility with. But I mean, they're making promises that backwards compatibility. Same with PlayStation. Whatever their next consoles are saying is going to be uh, backwards compatible to.
2: I don't know why that was ever. Uh, well that stopped being a thing.
0: I got a hunch on what PS uh, the next PS is going to be called because they don't screw this up. <laughs> It's going to be called the PS5.
1: I really want them to just release something called, like, the PlayStation. I think that that would be fine. Yeah. And if they, like, cut out all the social shit and they just did whatever, they're like, this is the PlayStation. You can't stream TV off of it. You can't do this with it. But you can play games, and we're going to be the best at playing games. This is the PlayStation. Nice. Microsoft can have its PC integration bullshit. They can have their media center. This is the PlayStation.
0: I understand why PlayStation tried to integrate all that stuff at first because it was the first. It was before people had like streaming boxes and streaming yeah. sticks. But now, so many people have like a Roku stick or a Fire TV or whatever that or Apple TV that like you're right. That's not as necessary on the next PlayStation. My um, my TV,
1: my PlayStation Four. My cable box. All of them can can go to YouTube, Netflix, Amazon Prime, Hulu. Yeah. Like I don't need all three of them to do it. Right. It's not complicated anymore. Right.
0: <clears throat> anyway, I feel like I'm holding them um, I'm holding you up.
1: No, that's the big news from there. Other than that, we've got games. Um, cyberpunk 2077 was the big game kind of news. Uh, Keanu Reeves was there because he's going to be in a Cyberpunk game. Uh, you know, one of the actors between the Johnny Mnemonic and the Matrix movies has been in a lot of cyberpunk shit, so kind of makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he came out on stage and had a very memeable moment where someone yelled "You're breathtaking," he pointed at them and went "You're breathtaking," <laughs> um, and then <laughs> classic Keanu, and then was like "CD Project Red." He didn't really do much; he just like shouted and pointed his fingers at people, and then <laughs> threw to a video. But he threw to the video, going, "Take a look at this." So people have already started putting in like different videos of what he points out when he yells, "Take a look at this." Nice, uh, that's great. But game looks really fucking cool. From people who played it, they say it's you know looks good. Coming out April next year. Gears Five got uh, like Gears of War got an edgy trailer um, this time with everyone's favorite edge lord, uh, Billy Eilish, um, the music. It's later this year, not too late, September. There's another Tales game coming out, but uh, for you guys, cool news: uh, George R. R. Martin is co-producing and developing a game with the guy who does the uh, Dark Souls games, uh, oh, nice Miyazaki. So it's published by Bandai Namco, but developed by From Software. And it is a brand new property, so it's not based on Song of Ice and Fire, it's not based on Dark Souls. Um, but at this point, it's early, so who knows if it will ever be finished?
0: You know, <laughs> writing it or but <laughs> he'll duck out about three fourths of the way through the process. Yeah, start a start something else. But uh, Dark Souls is notorious for being really difficult, right? Yes. So that would be interesting. Fits George R. R. Martin's "Anyone Can Die at Any Time" mentality. Yeah. <laughs> um, game's
1: called Elden Ring at this point. Uh, I'm gonna skip a little bit. Uh, Halo Infinite got announced. It's gonna launch day and date with the Project Scarlet Box, whatever that gets rena- renamed to. So holiday 2020. Um. Obsidian released a game. I know Brent. Are you Fallout or is that just David? I like, yeah, I like Fallout. So Obsidian uh,
0: released the longer trailer for their game, Outer Worlds. Uh, It looks like Fallout in space. Is that the is that's the game? That's the uh, it's not Bethesda and whatnot, but it's the people who made the Fallout uh, Fallout Three. Yeah, Fallout Three, New Vegas or whatever. Yeah, that game looked really great. I saw the trailer for that and I thought. This is going to be right up my alley. Yeah, it's, it's like if someone froze like that
1: '50s, '60s advertising aesthetic, yeah. or put it on colonies on space. Um, it's got a very Fallout kind of story, from what it sounds like. like if there's morality choices, and you look like you can. It's like you play a part in some anti-capitalist revolution on the outer worlds, as it's called. Um, and that's coming out this year, November. It'll be out, which is cool, neat. Um, there's other stuff. Uh, some of you guys might think is neat. Uh, there's a Blair Witch game coming out. Whoa. Uh, It is a survival horror game uh, coming
0: out in a
1: couple months, in August.
0: So my wife has been playing that game for many years now because if you give her a controller, she winds up in a corner, just standing (laughs) in a corner of whatever game map you're on. So she's been playing the Blair Witch Project game. So is it one of
2: those, like, uh, I forget what it's Survival horror? No. um, I can't remember now. There's a game on the on iOS that I've looked at before that got really good reviews. If it's called The Girl's Name. It's like Rachel or something like that. Okay. Edith Finch. But it's... it's Is it kind of like the game Castle Kelly played?
1: No. This, this is going to be like a first-person narrative game. So okay, guys, so
2: it's not... Right. Uh, Fuck me. I can't remember what the genre of game I'm trying to think of is. But, okay. I follow. Yeah. Continue.
1: continue. Um, other stuff. Stuff that you guys don't care about. Fantasy um, uh, Star Online 2 is coming out. Um, old Japanese game, uh, Dragon Ball Z game, uh, something I'm excited about in David probably 2. the new Ori game, got a release date, Ori and the Will of the Wisps. It's, uh, March 11th of next year. that uh, Age of Empires two is getting re-released as the definitive edition, including everything. Um, yes. Yes. the, uh, um, but yeah, that's basically it for the, uh, for Microsoft there's a bunch of other stuff no they're, re- they're re-releasing Flight Simulator Microsoft was is starting to do that love. again I was
2: thinking the other day I would play the some like old school Windows 3.1 Flight Simulator yep <laughs> they're doing like a brand
1: new like redone version of the old Flight Sim nice um
2: those games were fun as shit back in the day man I
0: never played Flight Simulator they're hard yeah even like in 94 they were hard I mean they fucking teach pilots yeah like and terrorists yeah <laughs> Way to go, Microsoft. Why, Phil why would I ever play Fled Simulator? I'm not a terrorist. I love America.
1: Uh, so then later on that evening, we had Bethesda, uh, which was the weirdest press conference. Yeah. Because they started out by uh, Todd Howard coming out and apologizing for a game. Fallout 76? Yep. And yeah. making jokes about it. And then bringing out the creators and the, and the lead game designer for that game who then apologized for the game. Why? Because the game sucks and it yeah. is broken and it's glitchy and nobody... And they took the best things out of Fallout and said, Everyone will like this better. We know what's best for you. And all the players went, Wrong. You didn't. And so, not only did they apologize, the update for Fallout 76 that they announced is going to reintroduce the
0: things that people love about Fallout. Story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Also, there there was something I really like about the Fallout games is you feel so alone in those games and you're just sort of, there's just this world and you're just alone in it. And so I never, I was never that interested in a game where in a Fallout game that was all about playing online with other people. Playing with your buddies, yeah. Yeah. Just never appealed
1: to me. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, So they are, the, the Fall 2019 expansion is going to have uh, NPCs in it um, who are going to give you quests. And there's going to be dialogue in it, which there wasn't before. Oh, man. And there's going to be a narrative, which there wasn't before. Weird. All you did was you found audio logs scattered around and their whole thing was like, piece together the puzzle of the of the world yourself. And it's like, nah, I'll just play a fucking different <laughs> game. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, other than that, uh, they had two bangers uh, that people were talking a lot about. Uh, Wolfenstein sequel, uh, yeah. kind of prequel, Wolfenstein Youngblood. I've uh, read a little bit about that. Which seems cool. It's got like an 80s vibe and it's like these two young girls who are the daughters of B.J. Blazkowicz, kind of the protagonist of the Wolfenstein series, um, going to go find their dad, kind of having having a fun teen adventure, but like killing their first Nazi together and that stuff. And they're like laughing while they do it and like playing games like while they're killing Nazis and like simultaneously like puking their brains out because they're, like, killing people, and it's horrific. So, it's apparently got a really fun tone. Neat. Um, and uh, Doom Eternal is the other game that is just, like, you know, it's a sequel to the 2016 release of Doom, and people are loving what they're playing on the floor. Nice. That game was great. Yeah. Um, other than that, they announced uh, uh, two new games that I thought were interesting. Uh, they announced... Uh, a reboot of their very first game. It, sorry, Id Software's very first game, who Bethesda owns now. Uh, Commander Keen. Uh, so it's like a. Yeah, no, no one really knows who gives a shit. <laughs> oh, which yeah. is why when TJ
0: Butts just instantly shook our heads. Yeah. <laughs> no, no recognition here.
1: <laughs> when they brought it out as the big reveal, it was like nervous applause. Like, hey. Oh, yeah. hey. But it's like a Saturday morning cartoon kind of side scroller, like beat up adventure game. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, and then another one which I just really liked I don't think that it's gonna get a lot of press uh, called Death Loop It had a really like cinematic trailer. It's like two people are caught in like a Russian doll style loop where they keep living and dying but every time they die they die at the hands of each other these two people and so they're trying to like find a way out of it but while still like being the one that survives of the two of them. so mm-hmm. it's this like asynchronous, uh, like story-driven game oh, that about the fun. two of them trying to kill each other in this like weird time loop where they kill each other. Do you or, play as one or both? I think you play as. I think you choose, uh-huh. and then you play through their story, and you, and you can play the others. Or interesting. I don't know. Yeah. It's still early on. It's arcane. And that's I don't know if there's a release date on that. Uh, the Devolver press conference not as good as previous years, yeah. um, where it was normally like a really enjoyable like Nightmare Carnival. This one was just like. Because they're trying to tell a story about Nina, who's like their fake like press person, and the story they told about told last year's was that she died. So then this year they revive her, but she's stuck in a vegetative state. So now they're making fun of people who don't do press conferences and who just do the uh, like the direct videos, yeah. so like Nintendo and uh, I forgot who else did it this year. Um, and so they're like, we can have E three in your brain. And so they even like mocked up like the Nintendo like, style of video. Nice. Uh, But they announced, like, one game, maybe two, but I didn't catch any others, called Devolver Bootleg, which is really fun. Uh, And it's making fun of, like, the Epic Games Store and, like, the the Origin Store for EA and the Ubisoft Store, where you can buy other games because they're, you know, being middleware for that shit. So you go to devolverbootleg.com and it... It says in the thing, it unironically redirects you to Steam for a download for our 8-in-1 fun pack, <laughs> and it's all of their games, but done, like, ripped off, the way that you would find on, like, a shitty, like, version if you, like, look up the wrong game on your phone. Huh. So, like, instead of Enter the Gungeon, which is a Devolver-published game, there's Enter the Gun Dungeon, <laughs> and instead of, instead of Absolver, there's Absolvers, instead of Hotline Miami, there's Hotline Milwaukee. Nice. And then I, I I forgot to look up what this is. I think it's uh I forget what it, what it's called. I think it's called gun boots, but it's shooty boots. <laughs> shooty boots. <laughs> uh, but I just really like that and wanted to say those That's names. Awesome.
2: Yes, I would
1: have done the same thing. <laughs> uh, the PC Gamer show. I had probably the most interesting stuff because we didn't know about them yet. But really, the two big things out of here that I think you guys will be interested in, or at least one, is uh, uh telling lies. Uh, David talked about this game, Her Story. Um, it's like a really short game. It just takes place within like the confines of a computer monitor. And you're basically looking at about three-minute clips of video of a police interrogation.
2: Yeah, it's an iOS game that I'm going to download on my iPad tomorrow, so me and Cass can play it together.
1: Nice. So so they announced the sequel, to, not sequel, but it's a spiritual successor um, to that. Uh, it's called Telling Lies, made by the guy Sam Barlow. Um, published by Annapurna Inter- Interactive. Annapurna is kind of killing it. Yes. Um, but, uh, starring Angela Seraphayan, who is from Westworld. She plays Clem. I know you guys are not through Oh. I know she's. Um, Alexandra Ship, who'd recognize some stuff. Carrie Bechet and Logan Marshall Green. Oh. So, like, it's got, like, a pretty recognizable cast. Yeah. Um, and then we... Then people saw Shenmue 3, who I know I've talked about in new segments here before. Um... You know, famously, they tried to get it kickstarted, and then, you know, it kind of disappeared again, but... Is that
0: a, a Samurai series, or is it like a nope. like a Yakuza-type thing? Uh, nope. Nope. It's it's a coming-of-age tale
1: about Ryo, who's a boy in 1981 or 82 Japan, who's investigating the murder of his father. There's no gang activity, hmm. but it's... I don't know what I'm uh, thinking of, then. The dream cat, the thing of Yakuza... Maybe. Okay. I just conflated the two over the years. It's a Dreamcast game, and from what everyone says, uh, you know, the game was released like 20 years ago. Um, This game looks 20 years old. Like, it was sealed in a time capsule and then unveiled, and it's now still in development, and it looks like shit and plays like shit. But, there's that. That's too bad. (laughs) Uh, I'll try and go through these fast. There's only three more to go. Ubisoft had uh, probably... Three big moments, at least to me. Number one, the new Watch Dogs game we got a title on a trailer. It's called Watch Dogs Legion. It's about Brexit. Um, they claim that it is apolitical, which is hilarious. Right. Um,
0: it's just, I think that people in Montreal don't understand what politics are. <laughs> the first Watch Dogs was pretty, like, n- middling reviews, right? On yeah. it? Like, it was uh, not poorly received, but not as well received as they anticipated. Yeah. And I've. I think I've heard a lot of people saying they they, they are optimistic about the second one. They think they fixed a lot of the issues.
1: The second one came out. The second one got much better reviews. Oh, but, is this
0: not the second one? This is the third
1: one. Oh, okay. Um, and so then this one is people are seem excited about it. Um, but yeah, so the first one was okay. The the second one got much better reviews. Um, it kind of took a more snide look at technology because you're like a hacker in Watchdogs, um, and then this one is going like full fucking bore.
0: Um, Where's this one going to be? Oh, I guess it's also set in London. The second one was in London. The second right?
1: one was San Francisco.
0: Oh. Um, wow. i know mean, so little about that. The first
1: game. one is New York. Yeah. Um, yeah, so the first one is like the guy with the hat and the bandana over his face. Right. And the second one is like you're kind of a young, like mixed race kid. And this is you are playing as literally anybody. You like operate in a world of NPCs. And your job as, like, a nameless operative is to follow them, investigate them, and then recruit them to DedSec, which is, like, the hacker organization. And so you just, like, help them out with the police, or if they've got, like, a loan that's going bad, and, like, there's sharks coming after, you know, you, like, help them either pay that off, or, like, beat down, like, the loan sharks, and get the debt forgiven somehow. Hmm. Um, but anyone who exists in the world is, could be a playable character. Uh-huh. Um, so that's kind of neat. Um They had John Barenthal come out and announce uh, the new Ghost Recon game. There was like a big fucking Tom Clancy Fest in the middle of Ubisoft because they have Tom Clancy's The Division 2, Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon Breakpoint, which is this game, Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Siege, Tom Clancy's fucking everything. They announced the Tom Clancy's Universe mobile game, which is like you can play all of the famous characters from Tom Clancy games, which is like fucking nobody, but like Sam Fisher and now John Barenthal. Um... (laughs) coolest thing about that I mean it's a shooty gun game uh, is John Barenthal brought his dog out and he's a pit bull and he brings his anytime he does a public appearance he brings his dog and just like the dog is super well behaved even in front of a crowd of 2,000 people um, names Bam Bam which is like Bam Bam sit and the dog sat down and was just calm as shit because he's trying to dispel all of the false rumors about pit bulls I wow, thought that was really that's, neat that's cool um, and then uh, Rob McElhenney from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia came out and announced the TV show at E3 which was wild. Weird. Uh, the game is the show is called Mythic Quest: Ravens Banquet. It's about game development. It's going to be released on Apple Plus TV, uh, Apple TV Plus. I don't know what it's called, uh, but it's starring Rob McElhenney as Ian Grimm, who's the megalomaniac uh, game developer. And on his staff are actors uh, F. Murray Abraham, Danny Pudi, and other like recognizable names hmm. from the hmm. you know C cast of actors. Um, but that's UB. Uh, I'm really gonna skip Square, because I thought David was gonna be here, yeah. and, uh, they had a bunch of RPG news, which, you know, yeah, like, old-school RPGs. Like, the Final Fantasy VII remake looks really good. Apparently plays really good. But, nice. Uh, they announced an Avengers game. Developed,
2: by like, Crystal Dynamics. i read something about that. Yeah. Yeah,
1: starring, uh, all the actors you know and love. Troy Baker as, uh... As Bruce Banner and Nolan North as Steve Rogers, Um, yeah, they didn't get the movie actors, and they really tried Baker though. That's a big name, in Video games. Nolan North also is like a big one, Um, but yeah, no, they're not using the cast from the movies, and they're really excited to say this is an original Avengers story. Um, And since it's an original Avengers story, your playable characters are Captain America, Hulk, Thor, Black Widow, and Iron Man. So they went with the exact same Avengers team that was in all the movies.
0: Yeah. Given the freedom to go in any direction, they went in that direction. They went in the money direction.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's hilarious. Yeah. They, announced, they announced who the playable characters would be. These are huge graphics on stage. You'll be able to play as any of these five characters throughout this like narrative game with no loot boxes, no pay-to-win mechanics. You can play with your friends online. The story starts with the death of Steve Rogers, Captain America's... And it's like, you just fucking told us he was a playable character. And now you're like, the story starts with his death? Like, do this better. <laughs> um, and then Nintendo. Nintendo was the last one. Uh, big news out of here that everyone's covering. There was a Breath of the Wild 2, like, tone trailer. Um, so they announced that there was a sequel in development... Which is what we normally see out of E3 is people going, we're making a game. And it's like, no shit, you're making that game. <laughs> like when Microsoft goes, we're making another Halo game. It's like, yeah, of course, because the money <laughs> argument. Right. Yeah. Um, but other than that, I mean, Animal Crossing got a date, 03 2020 It's nice. um, fun. Yeah. Um, Mario and Sonic at the Tokyo Olympics look, looks like a special kind of nightmare.
2: I played some of those games back in the day on the Wii. Awesome. Oh, we're totally going to get it and play it.
1: Uh, comes out in November this year. Um, they're porting some cool stuff that I liked that when Kelly was like, what else from Nintendo was interesting? I was like, nothing. And she was like, well, try me. And I said, well, Seiken Densetsu 3 is being ported over along with um, other RPGs that haven't been released in the, U- in the U.S. Um, there's a Dark Crystal game coming out, day and date with the Netflix show. Um, it is looks like a tactics game like... Uh, Advance Wars, or uh, well, you saw me play into the breach a little—the one with the mechs and the bugs, yeah, <laughs> kind of like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, Nintendo is just Nintendo. They had a bunch of Luigi's Mansion three. Um, there's a playable character uh, where Luigi can make a goo clone of himself called Gooigi. <laughs> uh, that's fun. And the last thing—one uh, of the one of the games that the Giant Bomb dudes were most excited about was a stealth game that was in VR where you were in a kayak the whole time. And so it is you, like, rowing up to a place and shooting through, like, a little hole, and then, like, rowing away really (laughs) quietly. So he said that it sounds like a ridiculous premise, but it solves the biggest problem in VR, is that there's no way to do believable walking and moving yet. And so making your legs be stationary and pinning it to your arms, but still giving you the ability to move quickly or slowly if you want is a really clever kind of workaround. Yeah, it is. And it is not jokey at all. It is played super seriously. No. You're a tactical
2: kayak shooter. Fun. That's it. I'm back right. next year. <laughs> if you got any more questions about stuff we didn't mention, did hit Chris up on Facebook through the movie uh, Games bias group. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I'm sure yeah. he's got an opinion on everything. Yeah, I took, <laughs> I, I was working on it. Literally what? like 15, 20 pages of notes. Yeah, I had a lot of notes that I took. <laughs>
0: Well, it's time for what's coming out this weekend.
2: Yeah, we actually have a little bit of a decision to make. I think it's still pretty easy. We
0: got mainly two movies coming out. Um, for those of you joining us after the timestamp. Yes, yeah, Joe. Welcome back. <laughs> uh,
2: there's I really a couple of movies like... coming out, but you're picking one of two. You're picking Toy Story 4, it's coming out this weekend. Um, it had a uh, critics only release already and uh, is. Phenomenal by all accounts, so they didn't fuck up. They did it four times in a row. Makes sense. Uh, The other one is something I'm really excited about, and that's Brian Terry Henry and uh, Aubrey Aubrey Plaza Plaza. and the voice of Mark Hamill Yep, and uh, Child's Play Reboot is also coming out this weekend. I'm going to go see both this weekend, but uh, if I have to pick one, it's hard to go against Toy Story at this point, I think. Yeah, I'm going to
0: say Toy Story 4 is my pick. Toy Story 4, getting the gang back together.
1: Yeah, I was trying to think who, who nailed their release date for next year better, whether it was uh, Animal Crossing with March 3rd, uh, March 20th, 2020, or Final Fantasy being March 3rd, 2020, because is 03, 3 2020 better, or is 3 2020, 2020
2: better? <laughs> I don't know, you broke me. <laughs> Toy Story 4 for me, too. Yeah, um, I do want to say a couple of quick things. Interestingly, Dark Phoenix is fucking horrible, by all accounts, I haven't Apparently seen it yet, Men in Black International, which regroups the uh, Thor Ragnarok uh, duo, I guess, there, uh, apparently is worse. Hulk, it isn't it? It is not it really <laughs> bad. Um, but you did get uh, something that kind of surprised me. It was um, uh, Late Night is yeah. getting, like, fantastic reviews. Mm, nice. Um, it, it looked good, but I'm a, I'm a fan of Emma Thompson. So. Yeah, I think, I think Brent and I
1: panned it when we talked about it. We were like, we know this plot. Man. This and
0: sounds horrible. Yeah. yeah. But... Hopefully. I want good things from Indy too. So. Yeah. Yes. Um, that's it. Take us out. Thanks for listening. This was Talking Talk, podcast for the media by us. You can uh, follow our groups, movies by us, TV by us, games by us, all of them, on Facebook.com. You can uh, email us, tweet, tweet with us, do pretty much anything you like with us. Or to us. You can just <laughs> slap us around if you want. Uh, Make me a go Yeah. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> Make goop clones of yourself with us. And uh, uh thank you to the Willow Walkers for our oh, intro music. Up? Thank you. Thank you to Burefa for the first outro. First Please you. rate and subscribe. Bye. Bye.
1: Kicking rocks down old
0: dusty roads. Small towns, slow folks, long time ago. Kicking out records of all the things that I know All the things